This episode is brought to you by TunnelBear, the simple privacy app that... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash canadaland to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Makes it easy to access a more open internet and browse privately. Go to freetunnelbear.com and use it for free. This episode is also brought to you by Squarespace, the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Use the offer code CanadaLand at checkout. You'll get 10% off. So Leslie Lowe. Yeah. Former columnist for the Halifax Chronicle Herald. We're going to talk about Justin Trudeau's viral quantum computing moment. We're going to talk about why you had to leave your job. Mm-hmm. at the Halifax Chronicle Herald. And we are going to talk about the pundits on the Leap Manifesto. Yeah. Welcome to Canada Land Shortcuts. Thanks for having me. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Paul Craig, Monique DeVoe, Elizabeth Basaraba, Steve Jung, Adrian Conlon, Leo, Dan Kennedy, and Mitchell Bundy. Mitchell, why did you decide to be awesome? I backed you because you backed us. Caroline keeps those with influence in check and provides those without a place to voice their perspectives and report on what's happening in their communities. This episode is also brought to you by Tunnel Bear. Leslie, do you ever, do you use, I don't know, any kind of streaming video watching service? 
No, I don't. One day you're going to start using these things, and when you do, you're going to realize that we get different stuff in Canada than people get elsewhere in the world. I've heard about this. But if you use Tunnel Bear, you can be from like 20 different countries. You get total privacy protection. You can surf the internet as if you are kind of tunneling in your bear tunnels to another part of the world and then that's how you surf the internet and it's totally private it's encrypted you can bypass geo-blocking your online activity is shielded from third parties hackers law enforcement even tunnel bear doesn't keep logs of what you do with tunnel bear and you can use it for free the first 500 megabytes you don't even have to give them a credit card it'll work on chrome a mac a pc android ios go to freetunnelbear.com and use it for free right now and Leslie, this episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. You are a freelance writer, yes? I am. What is your web presence? My website backend crashed the night before I quit my column and I had a bit of a disaster, but I need a bigger web presence. May I humbly suggest to you Squarespace? You may. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Squarespace is very good for freelancers because you can just look very good. There's templates that are pre-made and some of them are for freelance writers even. You can go in there, pick the one you like, enter your own information, put in some writing samples, contact information. It shouldn't be that complicated. People overthink this personal website, your business's website. You can just use a beautiful looking one and then personalize it so it reflects what you do. And when you use Squarespace, you'll get uh, a free online store. You'll get your own domain if you sign up for a year. You don't need to have any technical skill to do this, and they've got great support. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you do decide to sign up, make sure to use the offer code CANADALAND. You will get 10% off of your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month 
at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. I was going to ask you to explain quantum computing, but <laughs> when do you expect uh, Canada's ISIL mission to begin again? And are we not doing anything in the interim while we prepare? Okay. Uh, very simply, normal computers work uh, by... Uh, no, 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 don't... Don't interrupt me. When you walk out of here, you will know more. Well, there it was, Leslie. Uh, I'm going to ask if you caught it, but it's pretty hard to miss oh, yeah. that one. Yeah, I did catch it. It, uh, it got picked up around the world. Uh, New York Magazine, I think they had the most views, like over 9 million views. Jeez. But the headlines, it got a bit amplified, but it's not like our headlines presented any differently. So here, I'm going to read some of the headlines. Mm. Prime Minister schools reporter <laughs> on quantum computing during press conference. That's the CBC. They got... 1.4 million views on YouTube alone, probably a bunch more on their own site. And then, you know, as the headlines moved into the States, Trudeau gets snarky question and wows crowd. That's what CNN had. Justin Trudeau explains quantum computing like a boss, Mashable, Yahoo News. Justin Trudeau gives reporter a quick lesson on quantum computing during visit to Waterloo. Have you heard the background to this? That he sort of planted that off the top? Yeah. Let's hear that. This is what happened before the viral video part. So you don't have to be a geek like me to appreciate how important this work is. Although I have to tell you, when we get to the media questions later, I'm really hoping people ask me how quantum computing works because uh, I'm, uh, I was uh, excited to deepen my knowledge of that this morning. Okay, so that's what really happened. I'm really hoping somebody asks me how quantum computing works, and then the reporter jokingly says, I was going to ask you how quantum computing works, but here's a question about ISIL. So... I want to be really clear about something because this has become a partisan thing here. Hmm. I don't think that that means that it was staged. Nor do I. Right. I mean, it wasn't staged. Staged implies that the reporter was sort of in on it. It was set up. Yeah. It was like, it's really wet outside. How wet was it? I mean, it, it, was, it was set up and there's nothing wrong with him trying to set up a positive press moment. That's what politicians do. Yeah. And he did it masterfully. It was super funny. It was funny. But here's my problem. My problem is not with Trudeau. My problem is with the press. I think if you present this to the world as sort of this classic narrative about Trudeau, where a snarky reporter acts like as if you would know what quantum computing is in a joking way, and then Trudeau like schooled him, that's just not true. No, it wasn't a snarky question, and Trudeau did not school anyone. The honeymoon's still on with Trudeau, and I think what they were experiencing was they're coming out of the context of so many years of Harper who seemed to get excited about nothing. <laughs> and now we have this guy who's like, well, let me give you my kind of grade school version of what quantum computing is. It was funny. He's a funny guy, it seems. He's got a sense of humor. But also, it was new. It was different. That was not Harper up there. Absolutely. And I don't know that he was funny as much as he was charming. You know what I mean? Sure. Everybody likes this story of this like dashing, underestimated, enlightened prince. Like he, of course, likes that. And I think the press likes it. I mean, the, certainly the Canadian press likes it when our stories get picked up around the world. Yep. I mean, even the reporter who was misrepresented as having been schooled, he said he found the whole thing to be a hoot. Right. And the ISIL question got answered later in the presser, yep. right? And the reporter, he says, I'm not going to get you to do this, but, and then he asks the ISIL question, but it's a bit of a double barrel. And Trudeau did answer both. So there was no dodging. 
It wasn't snarky. He didn't get schooled. It was just a light moment. But conspiracy? No. No, not a conspiracy. Just a feel-good story that happened to be mega viral at a time when another story about how the liberal government lied about this arms deal Mm. being a done deal, when in fact that was a deal that they arguably more than the conservatives gave the go-ahead to, totally overwhelmed that story. That's not a conspiracy. That's just a happy accident for <laughs> for the liberals, right? Yeah. And, you know, Paul Wells was writing in McLean's and says, basically, Trudeau took the briefing, which is good. Trudeau sat there, listened, understood, and then was able to restate what he had learned and able to tie it to the Perimeter Institute. I mean, that's good politicking. I know I don't think there's a conspiracy at all, but I don't wave this off as just a harmless bit of good fun. I think that the CBC, in putting that out there on YouTube, that this was a a reporter getting schooled, was participating in some bullshit. And I I think that we, we really have to decide, like, it just feels good, like, you're right, after Harper, it just feels good for the world to see us as Canadians the way that we want the world to see us as Canadians. And Trudeau lets us feel that way. But it's gotta be earned. Like, it's... Are we in the business of perpetuating bullshit? I think that's the fundamental question. Even if it feels like harmless bullshit, shouldn't we be in the business of debunking bullshit? Yeah, we should be. But what needs to be debunked? Either it's covered as, look at this charming guy doing this charming thing. CBC overstated it. But as far as debunking goes, I mean, there was a lot of sort of pickup of that idea of, oh, we didn't explain it correctly. It's like, you know what? I don't have a sweet clue what quantum computing is. And he kind of explained it to me. So cool. You know, that's great. I think he did a great job of boiling it down for a dummy like me. No, (laughs) I'm, I'm just saying that the way everybody thought this went down is not how it went down. Does that matter? I guess it matters if we're concerned about the media softballing Trudeau when they should be hardballing Trudeau. Wow, I'm making up verbs here now. But I don't think it matters that much. You know, I think we need to be on top of other things. And I don't want this to take center stage when we should be talking about the Saudi deal. But no, I don't think we need to be concerned about it. Call me paranoid. I I feel like... You're (laughs) paranoid. I know. But I'm more afraid of somebody who kills us with kindness than the Harper thing, where you just sort of knew that he was playing you, he was denying you access. This feels a little bit more through the back door to me, and I think we got to keep on guard for it. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I think reporters doing a good job reporting is being on guard for that. You can let him be charming and still do good reporting. You can allow him his moments of charm. I don't want to say you can overstate them, but you can post that video with perhaps a less extreme headline than the reporter was schooled. You can allow him his charm while still being a good reporter and still digging and still calling him on the stuff he needs to be called on. Why did you have to quit your job? So I was a freelancer with the Chronicle Herald from 2010. I loved my job. I wrote an opinion column for the Halifax Weekly paper, The Coast, before I went to The Herald, which is the provincial paper, and I loved writing that column. I was always proud to be in The Herald. I gave The Herald a lot of credit in a conservative province for running a kind of pro-choice, lefty, feminist column in our province. That's not a small deal. Then... The refugee story hit. You know, I gave it a couple days. I thought about it, and I just felt like I needed to distance myself from that story. Now, we talked about this uh, last week on the show, but maybe you could summarize both that story and the context, the labor troubles, the Chronicle Herald that that story was published within. 
The story is essentially a story, the headline is Parents Worried Over School Kids' Brutality. And it's essentially about concerned parents who are saying there's violence happening at an elementary school in Halifax. It's got some sources who are, one is pseudonymed and one is anonymous, alleging violence. And I think what the reporter may have been trying to get at was the school's not doing anything. It says that in soccer intramurals were cancelled because of the violence. Um, it's got some quotes from the school board saying, no, it was a term teacher who was running it. The term teacher's term is over. That's kind of a thread that's left hanging. It's got some pretty wild allegations in it about choking and slapping and extremist things being yelled by children. I mean, the school board says what it, you would expect it to say. We're dealing with it. We don't really know about these specific events. That's it. As I recall, Chronicle Herald reports that a grade three refugee chokes another kid with a metal chain and, and screams out Muslims rule the world or something like that mm-hmm. based on a pseudonymous and an anonymous source, basically like not really passing the smell test of verification that you would before writing something so incendiary about children about new Canadians, something that just sort of lights a powder keg. The Chronicle Herald has removed the story completely. They've admitted that this was not done properly, that this was not a solid piece of journalism. And it was published during, do we call it a lockout or is it a Uh, strike? It's a strike. It's actually a strike. One of the main things for me is there's no byline on the story. So when the strike hit, the uh, Herald launched a byline moratorium. So we don't really know what reporter wrote the story. Do you know? I have no idea. No idea who edited or wrote it. And you know what? The funny thing is, I can see how this story got written. Because I teach in a journalism school. I coordinate the first-year program at the University of King's College. This is the kind of story that an inexperienced reporter writes. And an editor looks at and says, okay, you got a tip here. You did this work. Now you need to go back out and do X, Y, Z. And probably when that person comes back, they're not going to have a story because the claims are not going to be able to be substantiated. So why, if the paper took responsibility and removed it, did you feel compelled to resign? People have been asking me that. And the best answer I can give is that I felt like I needed to be away from this story. It was a shade too far for me to feel comfortable being a face in the paper. And Because of the byline moratorium, there's a handful of people who have decided to stick with the paper, and we are the only names, not the only names, there's a few other names, but effectively the only names and faces, literally, you know, we have photos or illustrations. So the people who were left sort of became um, more of the face of the paper. You know, I've been following up on this, but within my bubble where people sort of are just tisk-tisking and saying the Chronicle Herald really messed up. Yeah. But I know that there's a whole other angry reaction to this. And I'm wondering from where you're speaking in Halifax, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, oh, they should never remove that story. That story was true. This is a politically correct cover-up of the truth. Yeah. Which of those narratives is sort of dominant, you know, from where you are? Inside my bubble. So meaning, you know, when I quit on Sunday, I took five hours to respond to emails from readers who had sent me messages in response to my quitting. And the overwhelming majority said, you're right. I got a couple that said the Herald should never have removed that. We are not stupid. We're able to read and make sense of things. I got a couple that were like, the jihad is in Halifax and you're going to bring it on. But overwhelmingly, I think people agree that the story was removed. 
so that's kind of my world, the bigger Halifax world. I get a sense that it's the same. You know, there I've been reading letters to the editor and they're a little bit balanced between those two. You know, I know that there's been so much attention to this and the story got picked up. I think that the rebel Ezra Levant's independent media site actually sent someone to Halifax. I have to imagine that if that kind of reactionary response were accurate, if this was a true story that got covered up because of some politically correct backlash, then somebody could have come and reported it properly. There would certainly be no shortage of other witnesses and and sources willing to uh, go on the record about this. And I haven't seen this story firmed up anywhere. So I have to imagine this was just a shoddy piece of reporting. And the labor issue surrounding it is interesting to me. We had reported previously on the union in Halifax singling out scabs, uh, many of whom are maybe even your students who are doing replacement work at the Chronicle Herald and saying, we're going to expose these scabs so that they don't work anywhere else again. You shouldn't be crossing the picket line, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And of course, they were quick to blame these replacement workers for this shoddy reporting. You know, as you point out, this is something that an editor should catch and the editors are still in the building, right? So uh, I I wonder, and you're somebody who was working there during the strike. Can you give me a little bit of of context in terms of the future of the Chronicle Herald and what the atmosphere is like there, how is this playing out and how is this affecting the, the ongoing labor situation? I never worked in the office, so I don't know what the actual atmosphere is. And just to speak to your point about editors, some editors are on the line. Some editors are unionized. The editors that are left, as I understand it, are kind of working extra hard and doing a yeah. lot of people's jobs. So I'm assuming that plays into how this kind of story got published. It sucks. (laughs) It's a terrible situation. The people on the line are some of the most experienced, the best reporters this province has. And they're, they're out on the line, which is no good for anyone. It's no good for them. It's no good for the Herald or the Herald's future. And it's really, really, really no good for Nova Scotians who need to have a solid, strong paper of record with experienced reporters. The atmosphere is is not pretty. It's been very, very ugly. Can the Herald survive this? I mean, it's not like things were good for newspapers before something like this happens. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, part of the reason I stuck with the Herald, I mean, I had personal reasons that surrounded my own situation in terms of not being protected by the union. But part of the reason I stuck around was because I believed in the Herald, because I was proud of working for the Herald, and because I feel strongly that the province needs a paper record. So I really hope that the Herald can survive somehow in a form that gives Nova Scotians what they need in terms of their provincial paper. The NDP Leap Manifesto. Leap was the wrong name for it. It should have been called Jumping as in jumping out of the political window, off the electoral cliff, under the bus, and in front of the locomotive. All right, Abby, Rachel Notley says the debate is ill-informed, thoughtless, naive, and tone-deaf. She won't support it. Alberta Labour is calling you a downtown Toronto political dilettante who is tracking garbage across their front lawn. The provincial NDP finds itself in an awkward position today. It's trying desperately to distance itself from the federal New Democratic Party's radical new environmental proposal. Uh, It would essentially mark the end of the NDP's attempts to form a government. Wow, so there's... (laughs) Yeah, not not a lot of, uh, you know, how do you really feel? Rex Murphy, Andrew Coyne, Rachel Notley. It's like every pundit I was reading about the Leap Manifesto, suddenly they got really concerned. Mm. Uh, Here's some of the headlines. The NDP's murder-suicide. 
uh, NDP's assisted suicide, the NDP's death wish. I don't know. I, I read all of these editorials. I'm like, wait a second. Like all of a sudden, Lawrence Martin cares about whether the NDP can ever form government. Like suddenly that's your buddy. He's like, hey, like trying to talk you off the ledge. Yeah, I mean, some of the Sun editorial stuff is like, ah, it's affecting electability. It's like, why do you care? (laughs) I think we call that concern trolling. It was such a unanimous rebuke. Like, it felt like the establishment to me saying, you can't go there. You can't go there. We can't have this in the mainstream conversation. This isn't allowed. And I don't really have a dog in this fight. I'm not involved in this environmental debate, but I kept kind of wondering, like, well, why can't we have, like, why wouldn't we have a party that's got a strong position on the environment? Why is yeah. that an impossibility? And I don't understand why that's not on the table. Why that? And I don't understand the role of these voices. People who like, I don't even know why they exist. Like, I've never been to a party talking about politics and somebody has said like, well, I read an interesting thing by Lawrence Martin about this. Like, it feels like they, they only exist to kind of like <laughs> keep all three parties within like a centimeter distance of each other in the center of of the political spectrum. Yeah. It's not even that crazy, right? I mean, they're basically want to speed up what the G7 has already agreed to in terms of being 100% renewable, right? I mean, I guess the big thing, and this is where Notley gets herself in a knot, is the infrastructure. It's like no pipelines. It's like if we're going toward this future, which we've already agreed in the broad G7 worlds, like we've already agreed we're going away from carbon, then we shouldn't be building this massive carbon-based infrastructure, which is kind of smart. I mean, low-carbon jobs, that's not anything that's out of the pale of normal. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem that wild to me, except it's being sped up by half a century. Is that a bad thing? Well, I think that what it's suggesting is that rather than following a global trend, Canada should get ahead of one. Oh, God. And it's so interesting to see the resistance to that. Like, listen <laughs> to Bruce Anderson here in the Globe and Mail. The, the headline, Canadians won't accept leap. And here's what he writes. We are modest shift people, thoughtful shift people, not leap people or big <laughs> shift people. You could cut through the smarm of that with a knife. And the second iron rule in Canada, he writes, is there's no finger wagging. People in Canada are generally open-minded and willing to listen to the case for change, but save the moral judgments. It's bizarre to me. Like the NDP blew it catastrophically, a chance to govern because the liberals were further left economically than they were. Yeah. I mean, this is just sort of like how democracy works. The party's got to figure out where they can appeal and making a move to the left just feels natural. Like I, I just understand why this is suddenly gaining momentum, but I don't understand these voices who see it as their role to sit like no democracy. Like Lawrence Martin, he's trying to like talk the NDP and one assumes younger NDP, like a new movement within the NDP out of the Leap Manifesto. And he begins his editorial by assuming that we all remember what happened in the NDP in 1969. Yeah, the waffle. Yeah. As Ivor Tossel pointed out, like, who is this stuff for? I don't know what it's there to do. It's, it's like to check against the will of the party itself. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. And, and I mean... Does it really, I mean, what was on the table, right, is do we discuss this or not? Not do we make this the fundamental way we move forward as a party. It's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to take a couple years for the riding associations to chat about it? Yeah, we could do. I mean, this is not over the top what's being brought in. I get the panic because Selinger, gone. Mulcair, gone. 
Um, yeah. In Nova Scotia, Daryl Dexter was decimated after one term, our, our NDP leader. The NDP needs to concern itself with how to get votes in a post-latent era. But I don't know. Maybe I'm pro-leap. Am I pro-leap? Maybe you're pro-leap. I, I'm just sort of like, <laughs> like, what if we had a party on the far right of the environmental issues? It's not like we're actually discussing policy. We're discussing the policy of a party that's not going to govern. Yeah. So especially if a party's in opposition, I'm into them having radical positions with which to question the actual governing party, especially when there's a majority. Like, yeah, let them go hard that way so we can actually have a debate. But it's all tied up in that kind of perennial question for the NDP, right? It's like, do we go for electability or do we go for or what are essentially new democratic principles. I don't know what they got to lose right now. I think they should just like throw some shit at the wall, you know? <laughs> Leslie, thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Jesse. I had fun. That was your Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read all of your email and I respond when I can. We are on Twitter at CanadaLand. Leslie, where can people find you? Uh, oh, my poor little website, lesliloe.com, or they can just uh, Google me and email me. I'm all over there. That's Leslie with a Z. That's right. Our website is canadalandshow.com. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. There will be a new episode of Canada Land up on Monday, a new episode of Canada Land Commons up on Tuesday. I make this show with Kevin Sexton, and Canada Land is syndicated to campus and community radio stations around the country by Russell Gregg. If you like what we do, please support us. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.